Today we're broadcasting from Berkeley. We're here because it is a pillar of the tech and life sciences startup ecosystem of the greater Silicon Valley. When you think Berkeley, you think innovation and entrepreneurship, and I think startups. Hello and welcome to Ask a Silicon Valley Lawyer. I'm Louis Leo, and this is our latest video blog series. And today we're going to talk about board observers. With me today is my good friend, Nicole Hatcher. Nicole? Thank you, Louis. Happy to be here. I am Nicole Hatcher, founding partner of Allen & Hatcher. Um, well, I, I'm really glad that you could join us. And what I really wanted us to tell our audience today is how to address the issue of board observers. And specifically, yes. when you get the ask, and then if you accept the ask, how you accommodate uh, an observer in your boardroom. So starting out, um, you, you get a term sheet and uh, somebody includes that they get a board observer seat. Mm -hmm. When do you say yes, when do you say no? Yeah, so if we can back up a little bit. So sometimes term sheets will call for a board of directors from your lead investor. If you have multiple investors, your non-lead investors are likely the ones that are going to ask for board observer rights. Um, generally, and if you have a strategic investor as well, generally you want to um, think about the composition of your board. If you think that the board observer would be a value contributor to the board, then you would want to give on that. If you think that your board is already sort of big and you have a lot of different personalities already, you can't accommodate more people in the boardroom, then you would want to negotiate that away. So um, in my view, Nicole, uh, a Series A company, three, a board of three, and, and one or more observers is, is not terrible. A Series B company, you always want to stay at, a, at an odd number. Maybe, maybe you're at five at that point with an A and a B and, and a two commons and an independent. Yep. Um, a, a board observer, in, in my mind, is typically a representative of a, of a follow-on investor right. uh, who's write, writing a big check and really wants to know what's going on. Yep. Uh, but we can't really uh, disturb the, uh, the, the odd-numbered balance um, or the number of preferred votes that there are versus common votes. Um, and then the other circumstance that I see a lot is a, is a corporate venture investor that is concerned about director liability and so maybe they've led around or they're writing a big check and maybe you want them to help you uh, stay involved and grow the company and so in that, in that circumstance an, a strategic board observer can be really helpful. What are the pitfalls of having a board observer in your boardroom, Nicole? So you've, yeah. you've let them in, what do yeah. you do to accommodate that? Yeah. Well, you as the company, the CEO, you want to make sure that you are not putting things into your board minutes that is confidential. Um, so the board observer is not subject to the same fiduciary duties that a board member is, and you have to generally distribute the same materials that you're distributing to your board members. So you definitely want to pay attention to what you're putting in your board deck, um, what you're saying at your meetings when the board observer is there. You will, at the end of your meeting, generally have a closed session where you exclude all non-directors, and that includes your board observer. Right, so if I got this right, 
um, you're going to need to tailor your board presentation, your standard package of materials that you send out yes. to accommodate the fact that a strategic investor is looking at it. Remove exactly. any commercially sensitive, confidential information. Anything that might talk about M&A as, as a exactly. board observer is, is typically a candidate for M&A. Um, and then in the board meeting, you're going to want to not talk about those subjects uh, that you would reserve for a closed session exactly. with your observer. Yes. Sounds simple. Yeah. Um, do you think you need any kind of a charter or anything like that to document this? Not generally, um, not just for board observers. There is a separate sort of board or advisory board. And in that situation- Let's not talk about that, just yeah. board observers. Board observers, no charter. You would, have a, you would have a provision either in your investor rights agreement or a separate side letter mm. that says when the company can exclude the observer and um, and the confidentiality provisions that the observer is subject to. I'm going to ask you another question that we get a lot. Does the board observer get a DNO indemnification agreement? Not generally. Okay. Not and generally. are they covered by DNO insurance? Not generally. Right. Yeah. So uh, if you're an observer, you're probably going to be asked to sign a confidentiality agreement. Right. Uh, you're going to want to make sure that there's some firewall in between you and your employer so that whatever information you are giving uh, doesn't, doesn't uh, uh, go up the wrong chain. And uh, I, I think it's a great opportunity for uh, strategic investors to Absolutely. get more involved with companies. And it's a great opportunity for companies to, to keep those strategic investors and, and financial investors more involved in the success of the company. Yes, I agree. Uh, thanks for joining us on this Ask a Silicon Valley Lawyer video blog on board observers. Um, I'm Louis Lowe. You can find me at louis.lao at l2council.com. And I am Nicole Hatcher. You can find me at Nicole, N-I-C-O-L-E, at alanhatcher.com. Thanks for joining.